statutory paid holidays to me are the dumbest thing in the world. There is absolutely no grounds for the government forcing you paying people for a day that they're not working. You know what happens when you don't do a job? You don't get paid for it. Nice. It was smooth like glass. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Brain Sandwich, the podcast that caresses your soul and tickles your booty. 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 <laughs> Where we put knowledge in your brain, like a lot of things I said in other podcast episodes, but I wasn't prepared for this one, so I didn't come up with one. Oh. Shoving knowledge in your brain like a burrowing drill bit <clears throat> into your head. Like a... um. <laughs> You got nothing, huh? Like shoving um, icing into one of those tubes that you ice stuff with. Yo, so we're icing the cake of knowledge? Yeah. Nice. There's a knowledge like cake, and we're putting the delicious icing on top because everything else about it's crap. For everything Brain Sandwich related, go to brainsandwich.com, brain, S-A-M-I-C-H.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at, at brain sandwich. Woot, woot. Spelled the same as the website. We're always going to talk to you if you come there. Anytime. Night or day. What was the thing that we said that, that could rhyme, though? Our little Andy thing? Uh, something something in reply. If you say hi, we will, we will reply. reply. Yeah. If you say hi, we, we will reply. <laughs> oh, my. We're making a jangle. No, we're not making a jangle. Shut your mouth. I'm going to make a jangle. Jangles. <laughs> jangles. <laughs> Brain hi, jangle. sandwich jangles. Um, so. Fucking Canada. What? what? Weather. <laughs> Just say I mean, words. honestly, it's like, what was it? It was snowed all day, and now it's like some freezing rain type shit. It's all watery and liquid. It's yeah, like, and I know, and I have to try and get out of your driveway. It's like sky diarrhea. It's like sky area. It's, it's sky area. <laughs> I, I forgot what I was writing down. Yeah. <laughs> Brain sandwich. Uh, knowledge cake. No, that wasn't no. it. Damn it. Jangles. Weather sucks. It was jangles. It was jingles. Oh, brain sandwich jingles. Thank you, Justin. No problem. That's why I'm here. Oh, uh, Corey wanted us to mention. Thanks, Corey, by the way. One of our best listeners, CJNet1. I think that's his name on Twitter. Uh, He wanted us to actually refer to each other by name a little bit more often than just at the beginning. Oh, by the way, I'm Tommy. (laughs) 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 And that makes me Justin. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, just to so that you can assess and figure out which one of us is which. I'm Tommy. This is Tommy's voice. I am Tommy. This is my voice. (laughs) Okay. And, well, I'm Justin. This is my voice. I am Justin. (laughs) What what else did you say? I said said it twice. Oh. This is my voice. They're fine. They can get it. Okay. I'm Tommy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How are you doing, Justin? I am doing well. Tommy. All right. There we go. I think. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I think we got, uh, I think we got, a, we got that down pat now. Do we? Do we? Do we get it down like Pat T.O. Lanterns? Pat T.O. Lanterns? Like Pat Sajak? And Vanna White Lanterns? <sighs> Candles. Pat racist Lanterns? Yes. So today's episode... Uh, hmm. <laughs> It's gonna be Why, centered, you really just... it, it's gonna be centered around jobs. Not Steve Jobs, the guy who made that stupid company. Um the jobs in general. 
the jobs the workplace it's like how people refer to twitter are you on the twitter do are, you got the jobs do you, do you have the job sounds like like somebody trying to tell ask if you have like an std or something <laughs> do you have the jobs j-o-b-s what does it stand for uh, junk overbite syndrome <laughs> What does that have to do with junk, though? Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Glenn, make sure you make that a hashtag. Okay. For those of you who don't know who aren't subscribed to the VIP episode, Which you yet, should be. Go to our site. Uh, it's called Club Sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, we just uh, let everybody know that we have a new intern. Yeah. He's, he's not real. He's na- no, no, he's totally real. Um, say hi, Glenn. His name's Glenn Barkley. Yeah. Uh, no relation to Charles Barkley. No, no, he is. He's his, Oh, he, he is? He's his distant uh, nephew. Oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> he has just as bad as a golf swing. A uh, mediocre basketball player. Well, no, he taught Charles how to to uh, swing the club. Yeah, Glenn, you suck. Well, when he's only four foot something and he's trying to teach a... How tall is Charles, do you think? Charles. Yes. Charles. Charles Barkley. Hello, Charles. Hello, Charles. Exa- Charles Xavier Barkley. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho, let's get back on track. Um, so this... Ep- yeah, workplace <laughs> and jobs and stuff like that. So let me propose a question to you, Tommy. When you were growing up, did you ever have like one of those fantasy dream jobs? Uh several. Astronaut. Yeah. yeah. Um tank technician. Really? Lawyer. Uh, architect. Architect, really. Uh I'm trying to think what other I think those were the main ones. Chicken, Astronaut. Chicken coop cleaner. <laughs> yes. Ranch hand. <laughs> <laughs> On the Cool Ranch? <laughs> on the Cool Ranch? On the Doritos Cool Ranch. <laughs> the Doritos Loco It's like, Loco it's like a sports event. It's like the Red Bull Lounge. <laughs> Welcome to Doritos Loco Tacos Ranch. <laughs> um, you know, because a lot of the jobs... I, it must have been either maybe something of the 90s or something in regards to gender, too. Because, like, pretty much every guy I know... Um, when they were like little kids wanted to be an astronaut yeah um another common one like firefighter or policeman but that was like one i didn't i was just like yeah i never wanted to be a cop never had that urge (laughs) um astronaut i always wanted to um i did the power's flickering here we got a pretty wicked we got a wicked storm wicked coming in from the uh you know from the uh which way's that uh uh uh, east somewhere out there fucking wicked storm fucking wicked storm Uh, it's been going all day it's been uh snowing pretty hard don't you know it's no (laughs) it's been snowing wicked hard and then uh, now it's raining and fucking wicked windy (laughs) uh but yeah growing up I, i wanted to be either a astronaut paleontologist or an archaeologist um, oh yeah that was another one of mine i'm surprised i forgot that. archaeologist when i saw jurassic park i was like i gotta be a paleontologist i gotta be i gotta be i gotta be um, i don't get that reference but whatever or, no i i just made it up oh cool uh or oh shoot now i forgot my other one i wanted to be uh way to go tommy okay Sorry. so uh, astronaut archaeologist paleontologist oh shoot oh gosh darn it um, I really don't remember now. Way to go. Um, were, th- were there any, like, dream jobs that you... Oh, no, it was an architect as well. Oh, now he figures it out. Yeah. 
No. How did you forget that if I mentioned it already? I know, I know. Um, it's because you're fiddling with your stupid pretzel socks. You gotta love my pretzel socks. Nope, no, I don't. I'm going to take a picture of it and put it down to Twitters. Shut your mouth. Shut your goddamn mouth. Um, now, when you were growing up, did you... Like yeah, there was even when I was little and I and I and I wanted to be an astronaut. I think part of me was still like, yeah, that's unlikely. Um, with any of your dream jobs, did you ever like truly like think about it as you got older and go, maybe I actually do want to do this? Um, architect and lawyer were the two I was actually like originally planning on. A feasible dream job? Yeah, the the realistic ones. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you just realize that. Mm, they kind of shit shit on the whole space program, so that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Um, Fuck NASA. Yeah, there was there were times when I not necessarily wanted to truly be an architect, but I wanted to work in some kind of, which I guess could me being wanting to be an architect, it uh, did at least give me the mentality to try and do something in. Um, like digital design or something like I I do photography and and like uh, photo editing and stuff which I guess that door probably wouldn't have been open if I didn't have a desire to even do anything with design Um, because then when I realized when I got older and I couldn't draw or shit I was like (laughs) okay I'm pretty sure I can't uh... well see the thing that got me on architecture was uh blueprints I went to home expo and they were showing like how people designed specific houses and specific buildings i started looking at blueprints like this is so cool and i started mm-hmm. i went back home i started drawing out blueprints like if i had a house what do i imagine this would be or I if i was too. design a cool building and well and you that's know, why everybody actually liked the sims that's video what i was games, just gonna say to build houses fuck the game i never played the real game um because but yeah building the house even when the when we first got the sims game which was sims one even my mum got down onto the computer and started playing The Sims. And she just wanted to build houses. That's it. Did you ever, in The Sims games, did you ever try and build your house to the exact same? Who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible because those squares don't oh really God. replicate very well. You know how but... bad it was? Is I tried, I actually went into, I walked around my house and measured things. And I was like, okay, let's just say one of those squares equals one foot. And I tried to make the house to scale. Yeah. And it didn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> Because, like, nobody could fit down the hallway because it just didn't work right. Um, but, yeah, that made me want to be an architect because I really liked blueprints. And also maps. I really liked maps growing up, too. So there was a time where I wanted to be, like, a map designer, um, which I don't even know what you would call if there's a professional term for that. I think there is. There is a term for that, but uh, it's, <laughs> to my knowledge, it's kind of a career that's been overdone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there, there are still times when I'm driving around town and I see one of those little trucks that goes and delivers maps to like chapters and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, I could do that job. <laughs> Deliver. Okay. Designing maps and delivering maps hey, are two different things. At least you got your foot in the door. That's like somebody who's like, I had a dream to be an author once, but I, you know what? I settled for being the Amazon guy that packs the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it's a couple pegs down. A couple. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, you get your foot in the door. You never know where to go. Oh, dream shattered. <laughs> dream equals shattered. No, I, I don't know. I just, I always love maps. Like I, I, if I would like to hang more, I love looking at old maps. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I have a topographical map of this area from 1982. Um, and yeah, once I found what topographical maps were, 
I was like, whoa, these maps are so cool. Because, like, you can see where my house is. There's a little square where my house is. And it's very detailed. Your house is here. Yeah. Because uh, your house is a lot older than mine. Um, and it, you really see how the environment's changed over the years, too. Yeah. Well, I, I was kind of... I'm kind of the same way that, like, when I go on, like, my wilderness travels and shit. Like, I'm really, I'm really interested in finding out who's got the maps for this area that's yeah. relevant or this. Or, like, I'm always, like, looking over Google satellite images to see, oh, this is here. I can find this. Because I'm always worried about getting lost, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's happened a few times. <laughs> Back onto... Well, ju- I always carry a gun. Gun, just in case I get lost, I can shoot it up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the international sign for distress for a hunter is? What? You know what the international sign for distress? No. It's three gunshots. How many times have I heard three gunshots in my life and not gone to someone's rescue? <laughs> many. Many, many Because we just figure people are shooting shit. Shooting shit. Um, were there any jobs growing up that people like tried to push on to you that you were just like, no, this isn't... Construction. Construction? <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to say plumber and construction at the same time. Construction, plumber, electrician, the... Like I remember the when they had jobs. Remember when we were in elementary school when they were talking about, oh, you gotta start picking your courses. I remember there was like this drive in like Ontario and Canada as a whole. Oh, to get more tradespeople. We need to get more kids into the trades. Nobody's showing interest. And then they oversaturated them. Now everybody that goes in the trades can't find any work. Yeah, which is very interesting because this leads me on to a topic that uh I saw an interview with Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs. And he was saying, at least in the U.S., it's the complete opposite, where, like, they always say, oh, my God, there's a job crisis, there's no jobs anywhere, blah, 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 blah. But Mike Rowe was like, no, there's millions and millions of trades jobs that people just don't want to do because it's beneath them. Yeah. My whole problem is that the jobs they think are beneath them are at this point very well paying yeah. six figure jobs. Yeah. He, and he said, he said the exact same thing. He said, yeah, like your first year, you're making forty grand a year, forty to fifty grand a year, which but is we, good anyway. Yeah, which is good anyways. If you have nothing, it's better than nothing. Um, but then he's like, within two or three years, you're looking at a hundred plus thousand a year. Yeah, like, and he's like, I, I've, I've known, I've gone to places where they're desperately looking for people. Like they'll take anybody, but nobody just wants to do it because we've been brought up with that mental. Well, maybe not necessarily us, but maybe more American uh, people have been brought up in our generation to poo-poo on the trade jobs because, oh, I'm going to get a liberal arts de- degree and become a writer or social, <clears throat> or social science teacher or something like that. And which, yeah, the, there's just not as many jobs like that out there because the, the amount of people that we've known that have, are not in the field that they took yeah. courses for. Um, but why do you think there is the mentality of like, really, really well-paying jobs that just people poo-poo on because, what, you have to get your hands dirty? Um, it could it could be kind of a... It could be a very much a millennial thing in the sense that... It's too much work? Well, not necessarily that, but just people having this vision that instead of, you know, life is about more than money, which is very much a millennial thing now. Like, mm. the... Oh, not like, the younger generation millennials, but more our age and a little bit older. Like the people, do, like I want a job that I can dream about and be happy. Yeah. Versus, and like I guess some people just aren't happy putting in plugs and pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, well, he he made that point too. He he did say that like uh, a lot of the younger kids just if they don't 
love the job, then it's a horrible job. But then he also said they don't even try. Like, who knows? Maybe that job could be fun. Yeah, I very much agree that a lot of people, you can always grow to love a job. Yeah. But the problem is a lot of people won't. Won't even try. Yeah. Like I, when I was younger, I really liked my jobs in uh, the ones I worked more with my hands, like metal fabricator. I even liked my job at Walmart, believe yeah. it or not, when I was a teenager. Because it was just, it was a perfect it was something different. Job. It was something to do. Yeah. yeah, it was. And But I like what I do now, which is more office-based business base but that's kind of where i'm using my skill set to my best advantage Mm -hmm. because that's what i know i like i can do manual labor i just don't want to yeah (laughs) am i that millennial yeah well i think both of us even though sometimes we act as though we're not millennials per se i think on both of us there are definitely aspects of both of us that are very much millennials like i can think of a few things myself that i definitely fit the millennial oh yeah millennial category um but i don't know if that's necessarily just a millennial category it's just i think it's it's pointed out a lot more that millennials are like that like i guarantee the free spirit mentality well if you think about it in the 60s that was probably a lot of people's mentality yeah we're we're just new age hippies yeah which um without the acid yeah now we're taking molly and whatever it, it, else the kids are up on juice. <laughs> juice bombs come on justin that's like 2008 sorry sorry so old so old um yeah i think there there's been that mentality in every generation i think it's just being really really brought out in millennial generation because they're just finding a bunch of things to complain about oh, and it's kind of we're living up to the expectations of generations before us that have kind of this viewpoint that we're not fitting in to their mold Mm -hmm. because they did what their parents told them and now we're the generation that like no i'm gonna i'm gonna actually try and do something i want to do with my life instead of just being told what to do well because think about people in other generations that you know that have that are either are doing jobs or have done jobs that they just despised but they kept doing it because that was the only way to get their RRSPs. Yeah, and their exactly. Like, it, it, and it's, and I'm not saying that that there that you don't. What am I trying to say? Like, sometimes that is the only option, and I get that. But because for the longest time, I was under that mentality. Like, I'd rather do a job that I love than than a job that can pay me ten times as much, but I hate. Like, honestly. If I did do a job that paid me 10 times as much as a normal job that I just didn't like that much, I'm still getting 10 times as much money. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure my rest, the rest of my life would be a lot more positive. I honestly think in those cases, a lot of people, I think a lot of people, older generations and new generations, just make a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I've got this job and I can't really move up. It's like, well, you can. You can apply to any one of the other hundreds of thousands of jobs. Uh, but it's what I know. So learn something different. Oh, but I'm comfortable doing this. Well, then stop bitching about it. Yeah, and and I know that's how, I've done that. I've definitely done that before. There are worse people that do that. People in worse circumstances too, who are like in and out of like just constantly bitching about it, but not like moving it forward. Yeah. At least in your case, you finally had a, a breaking point where like, no, this is this, this is gone too with. far. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I admit I probably did stay at EB maybe a couple of years too long um, because it took quite a bit for them 
It took quite a bit for them to break me. <laughs> but yeah, there, it came to a tipping point where it was the the one straw that broke the camel's back um, where they just refused to even consider you for a position that you are most qualified and for. And to be honest, they're still doing that. Yeah. Like they're, it's ridiculous. It EB, you work with great people. But the company itself is a despicable company. In the strive to be a progressive company, new age, modern existence, they've completely shuttered the idea of actually progressing as a company and thinking outside the box to actually do what they need to stay in business. Yeah. Which, I don't know how long that's going to be, but whatever. Well, if you go into NEB now, 90% of the store is not even video games anymore. It's just clothes and knick- knickknacks. Like, it's... They're just trying too hard. Yeah. And... uh I really hope the digital age kills EB. Kind of like how it did with Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. It's just, I still think a lot of people will still stick to going to EB, though, or any type of... I, I, people stick to what they know because they're afraid. It's an emotional... It's completely rooted in, like... Brand or... Nothing logical. Basically, yeah, brand... Like, yeah, people want to stick with what they know or they want to stick... I can, yeah, it's, that's really well, all it can be summed down to. People just stick with what they know and refuse to try I, I was talking to somebody the other day about cars, and I was telling them about years ago how long it took me to finally get my mom and dad not to buy a North American car because oh. they were so dead set on like, well, North American cars are the only cars you should buy because they're made in America or yeah, made in Canada. bullshit. Yeah, and... Now, I mean, yeah, like you can get north american brand cars that are made in america but the point is now we're probably thinking about the same era the depression era yeah the recent early 2000s the recent recession oh no i was thinking oh like the i was thinking about like 2008 2009 Mm -hmm. that recession when people like oh you people are still spouting off the buy american made why because general motors did such a good job yeah brand loyalty is something that just drives me nuts because there is even people in our generation that have brand loyalty apple um, or even just uh, kind of people our age, not even that, but they, they're they almost like baby boomers in, in that they accept the conventional wisdom that their parents passed down yeah. because their parents passed it down and they're still perpetuating that kind of cycle of, well, you know, it's what my parents told me and it's always just, it's conventional wisdom. I was like, but, but why? Yeah. Why is it wisdom? Where is the math behind it? Which can lead back kind of full circle onto jobs even. Like the amount of people that we knew that would just take a particular job because, oh, well, that's what my dad did. Look at that's the what ma- my mom did. Look at or, the amount of people that still scoff at me telling them I'm an entrepreneur. They're like, yeah. well, that doesn't mean anything. Like, what is that? It's like, it means complete freedom to do what I want. Yeah. And, and even though, like, I, I shit on EB, I had a lot of good years there where it was fun and I loved my job. And, it was even hard for me to tell people where I worked because, yeah, it's one thing when you're 17 or 18 and you work at a video game store. Oh, that's pretty cool. But when you start getting into your like mid-20s, it's, it's embarrassing telling people what you do because they're, they immediately look at you like, oh, well, that's interesting. And I'm like, well, I love that's my just job. Hard to, yeah, it's hard to explain to people the concept. And because some people say, well, I like my job too. It's like, really? I mean... I mean, maybe you do, but the whole thing is like, I don't know. We're part of that generation, I guess, that actually values what we do 
over what we make or having other people be proud of us. Like I don't, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about my job. Well, and, and I know we've talked about this before in regards to like whenever you go to a gathering of people, the usually the first questions out of people's mouths. Oh, what do you do? Yeah, and and I learned actually a couple months ago that that is actually a very American thing to do. I guess over in Europe, and people can anybody that lives other outside of North America, let us know if this is true, that it's very uncommon to go to a gathering in Europe or wherever and talk at all about jobs. Like most times I just don't like when I get that question, cause we still like meet the odd person who's like, like, uh, what do you do? Like whenever we have like friend events where somebody brings a new friend, you have to introduce yeah. yourself. And I just hate that question. It's stupid. It's not some like, let's make some jokes and talk about something relevant. I work at my job all day. I don't want to talk yeah. about it at night. Yeah, but it, some people like they take such pride in the judge you. the mundane things they do. Yeah. And then they, then they look at you like, oh, well, you only work in retail. That's stupid. Well, like, then don't fucking ask if you don't want a proper answer. Yeah. And like i agree with you i'd rather have like an interesting conversation about oh something that you saw on tv or something that you read in the a last, book or... like the last new person i met at say a gathering or an event that i asked what you do i think it usually starts with some sort of wisecrack or some joke mm-hmm. or i make fun of them in a in a sarcastic way so that they know it's sarcastic so it's like a tension breaker but there's even like when i do either family gatherings or other just gatherings in general with people that I do know, um, they still have a tendency to be like, so how's work going? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Because for a while, like I wasn't working at all because um, of stuff that happened with EB. And so like, what am I supposed to say? So like when they go like, so what have you been doing? But like, well, nothing. I've been just hanging out. And uh, everybody was like, oh, well, are you looking for a new job? Well, yeah, but... I don't really want to talk about it. And, and uh, like, there's thousands of other things you can talk about. Like, the an interesting quote I heard is that, I think it was Albert Einstein said that every single person that you meet in your life will know something that you don't, regardless of their intellect, regardless of their, their life experience. Yeah, let's talk stupid facts. I don't want to talk about jobs. I don't want to talk about the weather. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, where'd you go to school? It's like, I hated my education. It was completely fucking useless. Tell me a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and have just interesting conversations. Start yelling at me and swearing. That's way more engaging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's... And, and I tried to do that whenever I meet people, is I try not to ask them what they do for a living. A, because I don't give a shit. B, I know it can also be a conversation killer. Because... If somebody comes up, if I go up to somebody and go, hey, what do you do for a living? And they go like, I don't know, what's a job? I'm a that... cashier. It's very straightforward. Yeah. It's very simple. Well, even not, not knocking on cashiers. No, I'm just no. saying like it's but, like, like at what point do you like say you're a cashier and you're talking to an, somebody who works in marketing? It's just like what common ground are you going to find? Exactly. And that's where the best conversations come from is common yeah. ground. So skip the job shit because everybody's got a different job that they probably hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it's, I don't know. I, and I'm not a very sociable person anyway. So I'm not very good meeting people new because, uh, oh, you at a beer? I'm at a beer. Oh my God. I, I like how you had a look 
in your glass. Well, it's, it's clear. It's it's got the weird diamond shapes in it, so I couldn't <laughs> see past all that thick glass. But like, I I'm not very good at making small talk too. Like, I don't really like once I get to know somebody. Oh, I can have. Especially Notice if, we usually don't talk about jobs or weather on the podcast. It's usually dumb, retarded shit. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, if I meet somebody that is a good conversationalist like myself, then... Whoa, whoa. Don't get a little high and mighty there. No, no, no. Because, I, I mean, like, okay, for example, my friend's sister, when I first met her, um, I remember one of the first... Like, I had met her once... And then we, then I went up to visit them and then the, okay. So the second time I actually got to hang out with her, I was staying over at their place and that night her and I just stayed up all night long, just talking. And I mean, from dusk till dawn, we just talked and I'm like, and I had never met somebody like that before that could talk to that. really Yeah. And we never had a moment of like, we just kept talking. How long was this? Oh, this is, well, this would have been seven or eight years ago probably okay um and anybody like that is immediately okay in my books because if you get somebody because i'm kind of like i find that i'm kind of a mix of both like once you crack me i'm a great conversationalist but But until then conversation going i'm just quiet i'll be like oh yeah that's cool whatever but then once you get to know me i will not stop talking because i don't i you never shut up yeah i never shut up because like once I get to know somebody, if if they know my sense of humor, my sarcasm, and then we both see eye to eye, then I'm an open book, and they can ask me anything they want, and I will I will answer it. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm one of those people that even if the person is not a conversationalist, I can draw those types of conversations. I can't tell you the number of times in my life I've had a conversation with somebody that started at like nine or ten o'clock and just went to like five or seven in the morning yeah i think you you are better at that than i am because there are times like when we've gone to like the restaurant or the bar or karaoke or whatever and you are definitely more of the life of the party than i am like what i once you get a few drinks into me and i get a little bit more comfortable i'm pretty good but For like, the man who doesn't drink anymore thanks to me <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah that that's was, a story for another day <laughs> no we can tell them the quick one 2010 winter olympics vancouver you invited me over to be like hey want to come watch the opening ceremonies i was like okay and then i brought a bottle of rum over and i'm a lightweight anyways and then we started drinking and (laughs) this is the funnier part is because your house wasn't even completed yet so it was in the living room where it was like just unpainted walls and a little tv in the corner (laughs) and we're sitting there watching and i'm drinking like a little glass with like rum and coke or whatever and take a few sips and it gets a little low and then you're like oh you're running a little low there why don't you go top that up it's <laughs> like okay i'm pretty sure a couple times i might have actually poured your drink yeah for you. and basically i drank half of what 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 size of uh bottle would that be like a 26 or 26 or which no like <laughs> i can start feeling it after like one or two drinks <laughs> it's good night and i got really drunk and then went home and puked everywhere <laughs> And I was like, never, I can't even smell rum anymore without just being like, oh, bad memories. It was great. Because <laughs> we were we were pretty much hand in hand for drink, but me being me, I, yeah. I could keep it cool. <laughs> like you were drinking before I was, and I'm older than you. <laughs> I remember buying alcohol for you. 
Uh, the beauty of turning 19 while in high school. Yeah. And uh, so uh, what were we talking about? Oh, like talking, like at gatherings and stuff like that. I think you, you're you're good at getting people to open up. Like, I, yeah, even you, people who I'm are one quiet. Of those people, I can, and it's not always, but usually half a drink or a drink in because then I have the excuse to be charismatic like everybody mm. else. I've got a beer in my hand, so I can just talk to anybody. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, like our buddy Tanner. Like, oh, yeah, the guy who doesn't say anything. But, one one drink in him is like, oh, yeah, he's everybody's best friend. Oh, yeah. And then I I, <laughs> I remember times where, like, he'd come down and visit, and we'd be all at the at the bar, and then, or not the bar, like the restaurant, drinking a bunch, and you would be all, like, handsy-handsy, feely-feely, like you normally are, like, hyper and happy. And then the minute that Tanner would do the same, you'd be like, whoa, 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 back off. <laughs> Tanner could be a little too... <laughs> forceful because he's strong like he's he's a pretty he's in good shape so uh, it's like one thing to like tap somebody or give him like a little shove but he'll like try and grab you like oh grab yeah parts he'll be pretty of forceful he'll be pretty forceful but he's hilarious when he gets too much to drink um but i'm always i'm always the smart and safe one i'm always the dd because i like to get my home my friends home safe i'm smart and safe i use like no you are there was too. a good yeah. period where i was like walking too much walking home way too much yeah no no like but usually and, and it goes without even saying like if if a bunch of us are going out i'll automatically just be the dd yeah. because i don't mind hanging out and and i'm not one of those debbie downers that like ooh. I get bored. I don't want to hang up. Well, there has been a couple times when I've done that. <laughs> when I really just did not want to go out. And you and a bunch of other people would just be like, come on. Come <laughs> I, I can't even. It would take me like 10 sets of fingers and toes. To <laughs> the amount of times I tried to get you into like a karaoke or a Halloween. Or <laughs> <laughs> there ha- we, have, we have had some pretty good Halloweens though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like back when. That's actually one thing I kind of legitimately miss like when karaoke was at its peak when like the like we were having like 30 and 40 people show up and all of our friends would come mm-hmm. those were good nights oh and it was great <laughs> remember the time that the guys almost tried to get in a fight with us and they oh, didn't realize yeah. that everybody else in the bar was our friends <laughs> <laughs> the guy who was like four foot nothing yeah, that... trying to trying to like talk into he's into my it, chest he's like trying to go face to face with me and he's like on his tippy toes like hey we got a problem here man why don't we step outside and have a drink he's like no, I'm I'm going home soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much have you had to drink? Nothing. <laughs> oh, well, I think we need to sell this. <laughs> I literally at one point I was like, I'm not gonna fight you. And these guys were like our parents' age. <laughs> like it was sad. <laughs> Trying to pick a fight with oh, some like young Gary Busey. <laughs> he was ugly. <laughs> he was ugly, and he was gone <laughs> like he i can't tell you how many of his drinks he spilled on the floor oh or like near like almost on people he didn't spill on anybody yeah but it was too close and we we've dealt with a lot of really drunk people before but that guy was wow i think the problem is that most of the people we dealt with before were drunks that like usually we'd see in the bar or the restaurant yeah. that were people we know is like oh yeah it's it's what's his face or it's curly yeah <laughs> jerry curls yeah jerry curls um oh <laughs> now he gets stumbly <laughs> but he's funny because doesn't he walk with a limp anyways yeah he walks yeah. with a limp and like then a he, pimp. he gets drunk and uh, like the one time we were sitting outside the uh the bank and he walks by with a beer glass in hand oh man the, <laughs> the power is yeah the power is literally dimming right now <laughs> um remember remember the time you me and tanner went to the bar and you and tanner were having drinks 
and we were watching the hockey game and it was some important Toronto game and we immediately started cheering for the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we could piss people off. And I think that was before we knew who Jerry Curls was. And so like people were starting to yell at us. <laughs> We almost had a power outage, so we uh, had to take a little break there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a fun night because, like, I think Tanner, because Tanner's a Leafs fan, so he, you and I were cheering for the opposite team, and uh, it was getting people, it was getting people's dander up, and it was fun. Um, I don't really know how we got onto this from jobs, though. <laughs> yeah, that's um, oh, conversations, hanging out with people, talking about jobs. How did and, we get to conversations from jobs? No, 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 because we going to places and having to be like, oh, so what do you do for a living? All oh, right, small yeah. talk. Oh, and then long conversations. Have you ever thought about it though? Like, if you if you go to a gathering of 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 people and you don't know anybody there, have you ever thought about like when somebody goes up to you and goes? So what do you do for a living? Have you ever thought about just making something up? Ostrich rancher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually just raise ostriches to and teach them how to use computers. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? Really? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's this big thing in Japan. Because um, I have thought about that, but I've never been had the balls to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's something you have to have the confidence to, like, carry the character through the story. Well, because you know what would happen with me is that I would pick a job and then that person would either know a lot about that job or have that job. Yeah, you are an unlucky son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm an ostrich rancher. Oh, really? really? I do that too. I, I, I raise emus. They're probably a lot the same. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Uh, we do have an ostrich farm around here, don't we? Or we used to. Yeah, yeah it's still there. It's, it's still not there. like an ostrich farm. It's just a guy who has who ostriches. Who owns ostriches. Yeah. We used to have peacocks too around here. <laughs> oh, that, oh, God, they were annoying. So loud. Yeah. Oh, okay, back I, to jobs. Jobs, 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 jobs. Okay, jobs. what else can yeah. I ask? Um, is there... Is there a job out there that you think gets paid too much money for what they do? Oh, I shouldn't say. <laughs> no, you, you can think of something that's it's pol- it like there's political incorrectness and then there's just offending people. No, but the thing is, like, I think there's some sports that don't need to get paid as much as they do. Um, uh... you really won't even dice on sports. No, it's not the sports. I'll write it down. Oh, okay. This is a secret. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> like, there's just too many people that do it that would, like... Okay, uh, let's call it something else. It will, um, okay. Ostrich farmers. Ostrich farmers. <laughs> I think ostrich farmers get way too much money. Yeah. And it, well, especially... <laughs> you know, if we describe enough of it, people will probably guess what we're talking about. Now, but, okay, ostrich farmers, though, in Canada, it seems to be paid, they're a little paid too Especially much. Especially when they're part of a specific network a of group ostrich, of ostrich farmers. farmers. <laughs> yeah, because I know U.S. ostrich farmers don't get paid as much as Canadian ostrich farmers. Depending do. on which counties they're working at and, you know, which ostriches they have and how many ostriches they have on the farm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know, because I know I know some ostrich farmers, and um, if you if you work, I guess in an ostrich farm that isn't attached to the groups of other ostrich farms, it's it's not you don't get. I paid. mean, let's just call it what it is. 
Catholic ostrich farmers. Oh, those Catholic <laughs> ostrich farmers. Jesus. They get paid way too much. They do because we. Well, you especially know because you've. I talked. worked with those ostrich yeah, and farmers. And you found? Did you find out, or did you just learn how much they got paid? I learned how or much. You figured it out. Well, yeah, I figured yeah. it out. Some some of the ostrich farmers actually told me what they made. Yeah, and then told me what actual work they had to put in. Yeah. It was kind of upsetting. Yeah, like scooping up ostrich poop shouldn't really give you that much amount of money. No, especially when you're only doing it during ostrich season. And like, what, if only a couple hours a day? Yeah, and it's yeah. those fucking ostrich unions. <laughs> Whoa, oh, we didn't call them unions. What are we talking about? I mean, ostrich Gatherings? collectives. Collectives, there you mm. go. <laughs> this is great. Um, this is how we're... Oh my god! I, I envision this being the way that we're going to express everything we don't want to talk about explicitly. Ostrich farmers, <laughs> ostrich now, farmers, yeah. Now let's let's counteract that. Are there any jobs out there that you think should get paid more but don't? No, no, no. I believe that people get paid for the value they provide in most circumstances. Yeah, but I believe that government regulation of ostrich farmers yeah. has made it a situation. Uh, in which they get paid more because the money's coming out of the tax bracket rather uh, than out of the free market. Yeah. I believe the free market dictates what people get paid. I believe that if enough people getting paid by Walmart, shitty wages, get pissed off, they don't need to form a, a union. They just need to quit. Yeah. But people like, job. but they have a right to a job. I don't believe that. No, you don't. Have Nobody a right has to a, a right to a job. A job is a privilege, it's a contract between a worker and and an employer yeah and you decide equally well this is what i think i'm worth well this is what i think you're worth and if you can't agree on that then you walk away and you find a different job because i know you're pretty not not against per se but you disagree with this flat minimum wage of a living wage kind of thing yeah i any good company that has valuable employees and is creating valuable products doesn't pay their workers minimum wage to begin with Mm -hmm. so it's not needed um, the concept of minimum wage, I believe, actually creates a ceiling that unskilled workers can't break through. Because if you have to, let's say you just want to hire a broom sweeper for, for uh, your convenience store. And obviously, a convenience store, they're not the most money-making businesses out so there. So why should they have to pay why, that person? Why force them to pay a broom sweeper $10, $11, $12, or in some like states, $15 or $20? Did California do that? I'm not sure what the minimum wage rate in, in California or really any of the states at this point is. I haven't followed up on it. But some are like proposing like $15 to $25 range. Yeah. It's like, why force them to $20 to pay somebody $25 when they'll be like, okay, I'll just suck it up and sweep the floor myself. Now that job is gone and nobody gets it. I would rather have a high school kid or let's be, let's be realistic. Somebody wants to hire somebody who has a developmental disability, but they don't want to overwhelm them with a specific job or task. Give them something they can work at and feel like they're contributing mm-hmm. and pay them the wage that you feel is fair. Mm-hmm. And But then the problem is when you, get, when you force these $15 to $25 wages on people, you're like, okay, we're not going to pay somebody who has an unskilled work history this amount of money because it's not worth it. It'd be more worth it for me to just sweep the floor myself. So there's a job gone. And also, like, that'll kill... 
like mom and pop type stores because they just they can't afford to pay. Like even if they desperately need people because I don't know Granny's like in her f- late fifties and can't work seven days a week, so they need to hire somebody just to cover the store. But they can't physically afford to pay somebody fifteen to twenty dollars an hour to do something simple. Like it's, I'm I take a very Milton Friedman approach to this. I think that minimum you pay wa- with what you're worth. I think minimum yeah. wage hurts the unskilled poor people the most. Yeah. Oh, but it's for the middle class, Tommy. That's what everybody teaches us. Yeah, if uh, it's never for the middle class because middle class people don't make minimum wage. Yeah, and uh, like even not not a mom and pop shop, but even like if I owned a, a Tim Hortons or or a McDonald's, why would I want to pay somebody who's eighteen that has never worked before that is probably just going to fuck off and leave the job anyways, fifteen to twenty dollars an hour to pour coffee? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I know people who are in skilled trades that don't even make that much. Well, my whole problem is that this whole concept of minimum wage and unionized work doesn't exist in contract situations. Yeah. When a, say, a plumber comes into your house, has to fix the pipes, he goes, he walks up to you and says, well, regulation minimum is that you pay me this, and if you don't pay me, I'm going to go on strike. Well, then be like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> But then there are times where I, I kind of wish you could just be like, no, I think the job you did only is worth this much. Because like when mechanics say like, oh, well, it's 15 bucks or 50 bucks just for me to look at your car. Well, that's not very fair. Yeah. I think you should do the work first and then like, I don't know. It it really depends because mechanics, that's a, kind of an industry that's kind of finicky in the sense that it's still generally accepted that you just take your car in, leave it, come back, and pay whatever they charge you, yeah. which is a bogus concept. Any business that I've done with my... That's why there's so many shady mechanics yeah, out there. Any business that I've done with my clients, it was, I will do this. This is exactly and what I'm going to do. Down. Lined out on yeah. one page of paper. Well, actually, my contracts used to be like five pages. But anyway, the last page was one item, once it's checked off, blah, blah, blah. And then in the contract was, you will pay this amount. It will not be increased... Um, if you don't like the work, we can dispute it. You have this many free edits. Say it was for a business plan or a resume or yeah. something. You have this many edits. We decide on it, and then we go from there. Yeah. Whereas everyone knows this is what I'm going to get. This is what I'm going to pay. Oh, well, I think that's too much. And you know what my answer all the time go is? Somewhere else, go then. somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, like we even that happened to us a couple times in EB, even where customers would come in. And be like, what? $59 for a game? This is ridiculous. Well, then get out. <laughs> and now I'd say, well, go somewhere else and try and find one cheaper. And then they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then two days later, they come back and buy that game from us because we literally would set the price at everything. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, mechanics. Um, that, especially, I know it's probably everywhere. But around here, it seems like almost... I don't trust any mechanic. I don't either. I, like, because growing up, we had a particular mechanic that my parents went to religiously. And then it wasn't until I got older that I realized that he was screwing them over and purposely doing stuff that wasn't wrong with the car. But, like, as a kid, I didn't know. So they would they would do that. They'd come in, drop their car off for an oil change. And then he would be like, 
oh, oh when i was doing the oil change i realized that yeah you need this work so i did it is that okay yeah yeah it's fine and then because i remember there were times where like we would end up we say get rid of a car and then we get a new car and then i finally convinced him to go to a different mechanic and over the 10 years that we had the car or whatever there was not even half as much work that needed i'm doing crab quotes again needed to be done because we went to a different mechanic because he was just he was a mechanic that his business was hurting but we were a diehard clientele so he just and he knew that my parents didn't know a lot about cars just milked it for what so it was he worth. just took advantage of them and we wasted so much money i think the answer to all like service job related problems contract work is to have everything be based out of mutual agreements yeah even for the most like some of the legislation that takes place that says you have to do this in a job or you have to supply your employees you know we've had this discussion before statutory paid holidays to me are the dumbest thing in the world yeah there is absolutely no grounds for the government forcing you paying people for a day that they're not working you know what happens when you don't do a job? You don't get paid for it. Brain Sandwich is produced and edited by us, Tommy and Justin. If you want to hear more episodes, check out our website at brainsandwich.com. That's brain, S-A-M-I-C-H.com. You'll be able to find links to our social pages such as Twitter and Facebook. So come say hi. We always reply. Also, remember to give us a review on iTunes. It helps out the show a lot and we really appreciate it. Lastly, if you want to listen to special unaired or hidden episodes of Brain Sandwich, you can sign up for our free mailing list on our site. We'll also be giving away exclusive perks and rewards. 